From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. And Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and Channel 80. Channel 80, that's a new thing. Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm reeling. My menchies are all in chaos. I don't know. Like, I might just get off social media for a little while. Harry, the Lakers won game one, and you said if they won game one of this series that everything could suddenly change, that this thing could wildly flip in favor of L.A. They did. Now we don't know the status for Ja moving forward as he battles an undisclosed injury on his hand. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel about it, and I'm feeling a little bit sensitive. So uh, we're going to get some thoughts from ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer and all-around L.A. guru, George Sedano. George, man, all right, so just just walk me through this because I went on first and I said the Lakers had no chance of getting out of the first round of the playoffs, largely because I believed in Memphis and my mentions have been destroyed ever since. Now the Lakers win this first game. Looks like Ja may be, uh, may be battling through. Let's see what he can be. Uh, how doomed am I? I mean, you're pretty doomed okay. because I didn't like them before the series. I picked the Lakers in seven mostly because Memphis doesn't have an answer for Anthony Davis, I think, for an entire series especially without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark being out and Jaron Jackson Jr.'s propensity for being in foul trouble historically. He fouls at an incredibly high rate despite being a defensive player of the year candidate. And I just don't know how much you can trust him to have the game he had in game one consistently and stay out of foul trouble. And then the fact is this. If you look at the Lakers post-trade deadline, they've been the best in the West. And it's not a fluke. They actually have a team that is built – well around LeBron and AD, which hasn't been the case for the last two seasons, basically. So they they have a nice team around them, and they have a lot of complimentary pieces, and we witnessed that the other day. And George, I think it's imperative, especially when you look at a LeBron James who's older, Anthony Davis who's older but has the injury history, right, that they don't have to exert so much energy trying to hold the fort down by themselves. When you can have a, a Austin Reeves score 23, a D D-Low score 19, and also a Hachimura who has a 29, it allows those guys, you know, to be able to relax a little bit and not have to exert that much more energy. Now, I don't think those guys are going to play at that level every single night, but if you can get 70, 75% of, of that from those guys, I think the Lakers will be sitting in a good spot. How do you feel about the supporting cast? Oh, Harry, I'm with you wholeheartedly. The reality is this, if you watch the game yesterday, and this is fairly common with LeBron in the playoffs, particularly in game one, he feels it out. And he kind of sat back, got his teammates involved early in the game, and just let those guys cook late in the game. And I think at 38, to your point, he's more prone to probably doing that, also because he feels more confident in the guys around him than maybe he did a few months ago and certainly last season. So I believe that, to your point, this is going to help the Lakers. And you're going to get a game or two where LeBron is LeBron and the same thing for Anthony Davis, if not more than a game or two. And you're just going to have to help hope that you get one game from one of these role players 
every single night. And we've already seen Austin Reeves play well, not only the other night, but certainly basically since LeBron was out. When LeBron was out for a month or so, Austin Reeves had the 11th most free free throw attempts per game in the NBA. All the guys ahead of him were all-star caliber players. Austin Reeves is for real. He is him. Uh, So to quote him yesterday or the other day uh, in the game. So I I think that this team is poised if they stay healthy. And again, it's all a battle of attrition right now at this time of year in the NBA, as we've seen with John and Giannis and, and Tyler Hero and a bunch of other players, that if the Lakers stay healthy with their big two and they have decent production from their role players, they're probably going to have a shot to get to the Western Conference Finals, depending on what happens with the Warriors and Kings. I feel like we've had, and we're talking to George Sedano, by the way, uh, we, we've had a pretty big fan crush on Austin Reeves on this show, actually, for quite a while here. Uh, I think it's interesting, though, like when you start looking at the numbers, uh, he costs, what, $1.5 million this year, restricted next year. Uh, it, it, you just mentioned the, how well he played with LeBron out. How big a part of the Lakers' future is Austin Reeves becoming in front of our eyes? Well, I don't think there's any question he's a part of their future, but I think they knew that a long time ago. This wasn't just now. I think what you're seeing now is that you're seeing the evolution of Austin Reeves. When Austin Reeves first got to the Lakers, I did one of his summer league games. He certainly had a propensity to be able to get to the rim and and certainly create for others. His shot was the biggest issue. And now, over two years almost, he has worked on that to the point where you have to guard him out there. And because he can get to the line, because he can put the ball on the deck, because he can finish and get to the free throw line, he's now become a three-level scorer, and they've got a gem in Austin Reeves. I'm not saying Austin Reeves is the third best player on this roster, but I'm saying Austin Reeves is a top five player on this roster right now. And for a guy you found and mined through the G League as a two-way player to start, that's an incredible job by the Lakers front office. Now, George, I want to take it to the Memphis Grizzlies for a second, right? They lose game one at home. Game two is Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Is game two a must-win for the Memphis Grizzlies? Oh, no question. (laughs) Absolutely. As crazy as that sounds, because I know there are some people that take that literal and will say, oh, well, you know, if your back literally isn't against the wall and you're not down, you know, 3-1 or 3-2 or 3-0 or whatever, then it doesn't matter. No, absolutely. They got to win a game at home. They, They struggled against the Lakers this season. And I know the regular season doesn't always translate to postseason success, but they have big problems on their hands in this series. I know they've played well without Ja, so they're certainly capable of winning a game without Ja. And they did that this season and last season. But those games were generally in the regular season, and they weren't against LeBron and Anthony Davis. So you're right, Harry, 100%. I know who, who's, who, who seems to be more on point on this show right now. It's clearly you and not my guy Fitzy over there. <laughs> Look, all right? They don't call it first fair and reasonable take for nothing. It's first. It, it's like I, had, I, I went big. I went big. I'm going to stand behind it. I still believe Memphis can turn this thing around, George. Don't, 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 don't kill my dreams yet. Uh, let me ask you, though, uh, you know, in the world of me trying to find a beacon of my own personal light here, uh, any concern about AD and the Stinger moving forward for the rest of the series? No. Okay. I mean, look. Come I'm on, a, George. I'm a big be- believer. In, what happened? What happened there? What are you awing about? What, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted you to give me some, uh, some moment of hope. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, I get the I get the pain threshold for different sports are different. You know, Harry probably played with a stinger every week uh, when he played in the NFL. Speak he got on hit it by somebody, right? That that's generally not the case in the NBA. So maybe it lingers a little bit. But he played in the second half. I'm imagining he's going to be fine. Um, now, look, Chris Paul suffered a stinger a couple years ago, and and it was a challenge navigating that. He's also not built the same way as Anthony Davis. So I think there's, you know, it should be easier for AD to get past that stuff. Uh, but ultimately, here's a little hope for you, a little glimmer of hope for your bad prediction, uh, Jason, which is the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. When those things start accumulating, I think that they end up, you end up seeing more of them, right? So that's the only hope you have, but I, I just don't see it. I, Anthony Davis, for all the jokes and street clothes Davis that my guy Charles labeled him uh, earlier this season, he's played through a lot this year. He hasn't missed that many games, particularly down the stretch. He's played through a very tough foot injury that he suffered earlier this season, the type of injury that people were saying could have kept him out for the year, and he's battled through a lot of stuff. I think he's trying to prove it to himself and to a lot of people that he can manage these situations. George, last one really quick. Mm -hmm. I need your answer. Let's just say hypothetically that the Lakers make it to the Western Conference Finals along with the Los Angeles Clippers. Who do you think will win that one? Ooh, that's their kryptonite right there, man. And I know I just said that the regular season success doesn't always translate to postseason success. But when you're talking about 11 wins in a row and something ridiculous like 35 of the last, like, 42 or whatever it's been, I mean, Ty Lue has never lost to the Lakers. And by the way, Ty Lue, I feel like he takes those games very personal against Hello. the Lakers because if you, if you recall, he probably thought he was going to be the Lakers head coach, okay? Yep. And then they lowballed him and ended up going with Frank Vogel. And on top of that, they wanted to dictate who was going to be on his staff, and he didn't want to do that either at that particular time. So that thing obviously went haywire there. The Clippers, for whatever reason, and Styles make fights, match up well against the Lakers. Now, we could see a situation, to just bring it back to football and something local, where the Niners have owned the Rams for years. And the Rams beat them in the biggest game that mattered. Now, granted, that's a one-game scenario, not a seven-game series. If Paul George comes back, which is a possibility, and those two teams meet in the Western Conference Finals, if I had to pick a favorite, I would still pick the Clippers in that scenario. Here's what I know. At halftime, everybody really liked my predictions when we thought AD might have a, a shoulder issue. So I'm just, you know what? There's always, uh, there's a chance. I'm just, I'm just sitting back. Uh, I got nothing. Jason, so, yeah. Jason, listen. I have been a big believer in Memphis. I have been buying stock in Memphis forever. When I go on ESPN 92.9 there in Memphis for years, I've been telling them this team is going to be championship relevant for years. And I, you know, I. So it feels weird for me to pick against them. But before this series, I, there's just. There's too much that they were missing beforehand. Now you're talking about the one guy the Lakers didn't have a matchup for being potentially out for a significant amount of time, at the very least for game two, it seems like. Yeah, I, I don't see them having much of a chance of winning four in this particular matchup. Yeah, you're, you're, if Jaw's out, I'm just going to start drinking. George, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you hanging out <laughs> with us. You're probably right, and I'm going to regret all of this. But you're still a great expert. Thanks for joining us. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Have a great show. George Sedano, ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer. You can also watch him on Around the Horn today. Always doing great work. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. 
Same with their vehicles. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBay Motors, eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We haven't even gotten to the best game of the NBA this weekend. We'll do that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Top stories in sports. Guys, huge news over here. To the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom. bottom. This is 3 Up, 3 Down with Fitz and Harry. Number one. All right, you guys know the drill right now. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. We're going to give you 3 Up, 3 Down, brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. It's simple. This week, I think we're just get, we should just make it permanently this. Harry gives you the ups because Harry's a beacon of light in a dark, dark world. He's always happy. He's always go lucky. He's always smiling. I'm over here saying, I don't know. It all sucks. So we'll let Harry do the ups this week. I'm doing the downs. We may just stay this way. I don't know. But uh, this is what we'll do. We're each picking three things. Three things that uh, Harry's high on. I'll go three things I'm down on. We already heard the voice of God say it once, but I'll say it again. Number one. Harry, what's your first up? Ooh, I'm going with the Sacramento Kings and particularly two guys. De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. You talk about 38 points, 32 points combined for 70. The Golden State Warriors better find an answer for De'Aaron Fox. I don't think they're going to be able to, so they're going to have to figure out something else or another way. But those two young men, Malik Monk coming off the bench, dropping 32. But the way De'Aaron Fox controlled the pace and took advantage of not only Klay Thompson, but also Andrew Wiggins and whoever else tried to guard him in that basketball game was phenomenal. That's why those two guys are on my number one up this week. Man, I, I watched that game with, with goosebumps. I'm just going to be honest. Like When you watch that crowd and the just the emotion pouring through everybody in Sacramento, and it's crazy because uh, with Golden State being up early, I thought that was going to be, you know, hey, this could be a folding point. What are they going to do? It just felt like one thing we talked about last week was for a young basketball team, would they just not care about the pressure? That's what it felt like in the second half to me, man. felt like you got a bunch of guys that were just playing loose and fun and doing their thing, and De'Aaron Fox just felt like he came out with a you-will-know-my-name attitude that, oh, Oh, boy, I had all the feels. So that's the, that's the number one up. I'll go with number one down. And I'm going to go to KD here, who I thought had a really good game. So I know that we can sort of compartmentalize portions of this. I thought KD at times was exactly who KD needs to be. But I'm going to go back to what we said earlier. You can't disappear for five minutes in a game that your team loses in the playoffs and then say, well, you know, I'm just creating spacing for my other players. When you are the best player in the world or one of the best players in the world, when you are Kevin Durant, the expectation is higher. At some point, what I, I was just waiting, and I think you were too, Harry. Like I was waiting to watch him say, my ball, my team, my dominance. I was waiting for that moment that you, that everybody in the bar would stand up and go, ah, and it never came. I think that's inexcusable for Katie. I know that the Suns are still figuring out their balance. I think it will figure itself out. But if I'm looking it down, that was my number one down from the weekend. I like it. All right, let's, along. let's go to the next one. Number two. Number two, Austin Reeves. Mm. And you know what? We have a little sound for y'all, ladies and gentlemen. So Fitz, go ahead and drop this for me. 
Now, a lot of people are scared to say what I'm about to say, but guess what? I don't care, and I'm going to let it be known. When you're a white guy on a basketball court that's dominated by a lot of black people and you can make a basket and run down the court and say, I'm him and have the confidence to do it. And everyone on your team agrees with you that you are him. You going to make my list as a up this week. You are going to make my list. So shout out to Austin Reeves. Guess what, my man? I'm a big fan. Fitz is a big fan. I love the way you play the game. I love your mindset and your attitude. Drop 23. Drop 23 against the Memphis Grizzlies, that same team that likes to go up the chimney because they want all the smoke. Well, guess what? Austin Reeves took his cigar and gave them all the smoke that they could handle. That's why he's number two on my list, Fitz. Oh, man, everything you just – like, I, look, I just want once to be in a game like that and be like, I'm him, just to figure out how you're not <laughs> supposed to say that. All right, my number two down. Going to get a little XFL love in here. The St. Louis Battlehawks. Why are they my number two down? Not because they lost a game. That happens. Sometimes you lose. They lose to Seattle over the weekend. They're my number two down because now that they've lost, I got to do math. And for anyone that hasn't paid any attention to the XFL, that's fine. We are in a weird tiebreaker situation. This is true. Check this out. You won't be able to follow this, but I'll try my best. If both St. Louis and Seattle win this weekend in the XFL, they are tied in every major tiebreaker, which means suddenly St. Louis would need to score 19 more points versus Orlando than Seattle scores against Vegas, and St. Louis must still rank first in total points against to win in tiebreaker number four. We are going so far down, I have to do math to figure out who's going to make the XFL playoffs, and I hate math. All they had to do is win, and I don't have to do any of that math. So I blame St. Louis. They're my number two down. Well, guess what? I agree with you with Thank that you. because I have the Seattle game this weekend versus mm. the Vegas Vipers. So the math that you have to do because of St. Louis and what they've been able to create, I have to do as well when I'm explaining things from the Seattle Sea Dragons part of things on the broadcast this week. So oh. I'm, I'm down with you. Let's go to the next one. Number three. Number three. Let's go to the best sport that God ever created. Football. We're going to go to football, and we're going to go to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Not only did he ball out last year and take his team to the Super Bowl, he was an MVP candidate as well. So when you ball out and you play well and you can lead a group of men for one common goal and have success the entire season, you get paid five years, $255 million, $179.3 million guaranteed. Mm. So I'm excited and I'm happy that Jalen Hurts got paid and, does, and was very deserving. It was earned. And I think about all the adversity that he had to face throughout his life, and especially when he was at Alabama being benched. And a lot of people question if he could be a quarterback in this league. Shout out to you, Jalen Hurts. Keep doing your thing, man. I love that. That's a really inspirational third up. And now I'm going to tear all of the happy feelings down because the third down, I didn't write this down. I didn't want Harry to see it anywhere. The third down from the weekend is obviously the Atlanta Hawks who forgot they had a playoff game against the Celtics. Like, they just forgot. If all you're doing is looking at the final score, let me just remind you that for the second half, it was basically a bunch of leprechauns playing on the court because the Celtics were winning by so much that they didn't even need anybody. Trey Young was ice cold. There was nothing to talk about that was any good for the Hawks. At some point, I just kept watching it over the weekend thinking, man, you know what's hot in Atlanta? Not playoff wins because they didn't get one against the Celtics. Oh, I just had to to remind you that, you know, what was it? 
like I, the, the, dis- the, whole- the disrespect is at an all time uh-huh. high right now. See, you could have mentioned the Minnesota Timberwolves uh-huh. mm-hmm. yep. who lost by twenty nine. Mm-hmm. You didn't mention them, but you wanted to bring up my Hawks. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm a bite cool. the bullet on this one. Cool, I'm cool. a bite it on this one. The, the sleeping hawks. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Because they slept through that first playoff game. Oh, I'm just bringing all the heat. I'm bringing all the heat. I'm going to regret it later. Jalen Hurts showed the NFL one thing this past season. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. That's right. Every single pick of the NFL draft will have you covered on ESPN. Obviously, on ESPN Radio, Kenny and Carlin going to lead a huge group of great experts for every pick. And also, you can hang out with Harry and I. You can watch our digital shows, YouTube, Facebook, ESPN app, Twitter, all of those places. We'll be live uh, in person. Not only me and Harry, but also Field Yates, Harry Lyles. Uh, uh, we've got Andrew Hawkins joining us. Uh, and a uh, huge group. It is absolutely a huge group. Spencer Hall joining us. It's a huge group of great people to break down every single pick in the draft. Why am I telling you that? Well, because... Maybe there's something we're going to learn about quarterbacks, specifically in the draft, and we learned it today. See, hear me out. There's a huge contract, obviously, five years, $255 million, uh, as we've heard several times, and we've been talking about all day for Jalen Hurts. And I know that that amount of money is staggering, $51 million uh, per year in in new money. And uh, if you only want to focus on the guarantees, $179.3 million guaranteed. So the question is always, can you pay your quarterback and win, to which we've given you the data over and over and over again? Yes, you can. There's absolutely no data anywhere over the last 15 years that proves that paying your quarterback prevents you from going to the playoffs, the conference championship, or the Super Bowl, or winning the Super Bowl. We've had all of those numbers run. But it's really not just about paying your quarterback, Harry. It's about do you have a star? Like, it's that simple to me at this point. In today's NFL, you will not win a Super Bowl, not unless you just you have a quarterback you can pay. I think at this point, because of the number of good teams with great quarterbacks, you've got to have some combination of great coach, Great quarterback, great team. You got to have two of the three of those all at the same time to win a Super Bowl. Whatever order you want. Like, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl right now with mediocrity at the quarterback because there's too many other greats out there in the league today. Also, and I'll take it a step further, I don't think you can win in the National Football League with a statue at the quarterback position. I think the game has transitioned to where you want your your quarterback to be elusive and be able to get away from pressure. Not saying he has to be, you know, a Michael Vick and, you know, that type of guy that can just, you know, hit the home run, run plays. No, he doesn't have to be that guy. But, you know, you look at a guy like Joe Burrow who can elude pressure and get away from it and still deliver the football downfield or pick up first downs when he needs to. You need that in today's game because, you know, defenses are getting more complex. Also, those guys over there on the defensive line might be some of the most athletic guys on a football field, if not the most athletic guys on a football field. So I think at the quarterback position, you got to have a guy that can go up against – the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows, the Lamar Jacksons, the Justin Herberts, the Josh Allens, the Jalen Hurts. You gotta, you if you don't have a guy, you don't stand a chance. And we basically we're seeing it in the AFC. If that if you don't have a guy that can go toe to toe, that's why it's so imperative that the Jets get a guy like Aaron Rodgers because now you have a chance, right? You at least have a chance that you the guy at the quarterback position can go up against those young phenomenal players in our game today, Fitz. Yeah, it's like you got to have somebody that's putting you in the same spectrum. They don't have to be better than Mahomes. They just have to be able to put your team in the same spectrum, and that's why. 
when you start thinking about the draft, here's the real difficulty. Not every guy that's drafted, in fact, most of the guys that are drafted, are not going to fall into that category. If you believe, as uh, Mike Tannenbaum said this morning on Get Up, that five quarterbacks would be taken in the first round, those five quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and, and Hendon Hooker, Ooh, whatever order you might put there. them in. Uh, it's a common theme there. All, all athletic, all capable of running yep. around. But the the other side of it is like none of them are a sure thing. You either but but at some point you also sort of just got to put the money on the roulette table and spin the wheel because if you don't have a guy, you don't have a chance. So it's it's a hard line because this is what Nick Casario, the Titans GM, said today at a press conference about the number two pick and what they're thinking of doing with it. We've received some calls on the number two pick, so I think our job and responsibility is to listen and not rule anything out. I think whatever the end result is come Thursday, you know, we'll be prepared to go um, either way. So if you want to quote me, are we open for business? I'd say we're open to listening. So if you want to change the vocabulary this year a little bit, but uh, we have received a few calls. And again, I think our responsibility is to listen, um, to try to take the information in and then just make the right decision. Uh, okay, so they're open for business. <laughs> right, right. And a very comp- – but here's the, the weird part about it. They're sitting at number two, and this echoes what I I heard you know, months ago from an insider that the Texans didn't love any of these quarterbacks, and now we hear more and more insiders talking about it. I, I mean, I see the power for the Texans. If you're not in love with any of them, move down. But at the same time, if you're picking second overall – like, are you really telling me none of these guys can be at least in the same category as the other? Like, I, I don't know where the line falls because I would tell you hindsight's twenty twenty. We're going to hate on them if they take somebody they shouldn't take, but we're also going to hate on them if they trade down and suddenly they trade down and somebody drafts C.J. Stroud and Stroud becomes the next Justin Herbert. Well, I will say this. I, I don't want these teams to be nervous or scared to take a guy – that could potentially be something. And here's why I say that. When you look at Josh Allen, right, people, t- they're bold-faced life. They can just sit up here and say Josh Allen was going to be Josh Allen when he was coming out in the draft. We knew he, had, he was a first-round talent, but you didn't know what he was going to be, right? You think about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has been able to prove a lot of people wrong with his play on the football field. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal now, but you can't sit up here and tell me that a ton of people at the moment before Patrick Mahomes was getting drafted, that they envisioned him doing what he's doing at this moment right now. So you got to be able to take a chance and you got to be able to have faith when you do it. But I will say this from the Houston Texans in their perspective, if you in your heart feel like, you know, the guy isn't in this draft, then I don't believe in just taking him. I, I don't. Even though you might need a franchise quarterback, and I'm like, oh, how can you pass up on the C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young if those guys are sitting? Either one of those guys are sitting there, and you you're at two, and you know you need a quarterback. But they have a defensive-minded head coach, mm-hmm. right? And he wants, and he understands what it means to have a solid defense. So maybe he wants to build it out like that, and not just put all the marbles in on a, on a quarterback right now. Or they can probably get one at twelve. It's wild. Well. Like it's going to get you fired. Reaching for a quarterback is going to get you fired. Not taking the quarterback that you could have taken that turns out to be great is going to get you fired. You have to be right. Like the only way that you survive, like for any of these people, if you're taking a quarterback at number two, if you take that quarterback and they're great, everybody's happy go lucky, and there's no revisionist. If you if you don't take a quarterback and it turns out they all suck, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna give you any grief. It's if you're wrong on a, the the blanket statement. If you are wrong. On the quarterback, no matter what you do, and you are picking second overall, 
you are going to get fired. So you better be sure in whatever you're doing that you're doing the right thing. Will Anderson Jr. is a prospect you and I both think very, very highly of. And there are a lot of people that think he might be the most talented player in the draft. But but there is no world ever where Will Anderson Jr. at his best has the same value as a true franchise quarterback at their best. That just doesn't exist. So you better be sure about the quarterback situation. I'm sure. But let me ask you this real quick, Harry. Mm -hmm. Right now, uh, let's say that you were picking second overall and Bryce Young was there for you. Do you think Bryce Young can be a franchise quarterback? I'm taking Bryce Young. If C.J. Stroud is there for you, you think C.J. Stroud can be a— uh, I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking C.J. Stroud. I, I won't even get to the roll of the dice ones. But, but, but here, here's the thing that's, that's tricky for the Texans. If they feel like they can get a guy like Hendon Hooker at 12 and still draft a—, a um, Will Anderson? A Will Anderson Jr.? then I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't. That's an interesting strategy, and that's part of why we love the draft. Uh, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. There's one team. We haven't even said their name at all throughout the course of the entire show. And right now, they are in full championship or bust mode. We'll tell you about him next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Does that make us like a twist cone? A little bit of chocolate, a little bit of vanilla, all put together? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. No. I feel like I am I am smooth silk chocolate. You know, I had my suit on this weekend at the XFL game. It was hot as hell mm. uh, in D.C. And then last week I had it on uh, in Orlando. It was like 94 degrees. But when you smooth milk chocolate, you can get away with it. Here's, here's a question I have for you about D.C., by the way. And we'll get to a championship team in a second. But I got to ask you this. <laughs> I'm, I'm hosting XFL today, Sunday. And I'm watching. And we can see, like, we have the in-stadium cameras while we're watching the game. And I'm watching the beer snake form. And for anyone that hasn't seen the beer snake, it starts right at the end zone and they just stack cups and they go all the way up the stadium. All I'm thinking is like two two things here. How much does it suck if you're the person that's stuck holding the at the beer, bottom, it, like at the beer snake? Because like you can't move. Like I tinkle every ten minutes. Like what? what am I going to tag somebody out and they're going to like take over the snake? And then like does your shoulder get tired? You paid full price for the ticket. Now you got to hold everybody else's empty beer. And like that is a good question. I I never thought about that. And dude, it was hot. Like you said, it was kind of muggy. Like DC gets that hot muggy thing going on. So now I got to hold empty, which is just going to make me stink like hot beer for the rest of the day like i don't want to smell like somebody else's hot beer like i'm not i'm not in for any of that that atmosphere beer snake nation when i mean they showed up and showed out every single time a game was in dc being played yesterday was amazing it was a sellout crowd over eighteen thousand. it was just a thing of beauty to see but they take their beer snake very very seriously and you talk about all the people drinking beer Stormy did the numbers. I can't remember the numbers uh, to, to exact, but they spend a lot of money on beer there. And when things don't go their way, we see lemons. Mm, yeah, and I, I'm we just... We see lemons. I, I, it's easy for everybody else to hold the beer snake signs up about how much they love it. I just don't want to be beer snake guy. You know where else they consume a lot of beer? Boston. And oh, you know, I know I, I, let's just... They're going to be celebrating with tons of beer if things go their way. I know hockey doesn't get a ton of love on Sports Talk Radio in general. The NHL... 
is something that you know we're not spending hours talking about. But most of you at this point are at least aware that the Boston Bruins put up a record-setting year, right? When you talk about points and wins, it was a record-setting year of dominance. And usually that doesn't result in a Stanley Cup. But P.K. Subban, ESPN hockey analyst and uh, you know former National Predator, was on Get Up this morning, was asked who wins the Cup. This is what he said. I'm going with the Bruins. Really? Yeah, I think that history says that the President's Trophy winner doesn't win the Cup. I think that history, a lot of history has been made. A lot of uh, records have been broken this year. I think another one's going to be made, and I think the Boston Bruins will be hosting it when it's all said and done. Ooh, PKPK. Say it with your chest again. PKPK. I 100% agree with them. If y'all don't know by now, listening to Fitz and Harry, I am a huge Boston Bruins fan, as I'm looking at my Bergeron jersey right there on my massage table in front of me as I'm doing this oh, show. And hopefully, you know, Evan, has it been has, has Bergeron been ruled out for tonight yet? Uh, I have not seen any update. Before the show, it was reported okay. that he may not play tonight because of a bug that he had. So uh, keeping an eye on that with Bergeron tonight. Yeah, most definitely. They start their playoff quest tonight to the Stanley Cup and uh, actually holding it up. Uh, against the Florida Panthers. So really looking forward to that game tonight. I'll be glued in also to the NBA games. But, you know, that city fits. When, when I first was able to go there to to my first um, game about nine, ten years ago, they were down 3-1 in the third period to to Montreal, the Habs, right, their, their rival. And they came back and won. Every bar outside of the TD Garden was packed out. And I, I damn near went in every last one. And I drunk some of every and anything. I, I can't even – Remember the exact stuff that I was drinking, but I had a hell of a time. But I just love the way, you know, they support their team up there in Boston. And when they get to round two, definitely going to round two. I already talked to my buddies about it. They live up that way. So if you want to come with me, Fitz, you're welcome. And if the Bruins and the Rangers face in the Eastern Conference Finals, Evan, you already know what time it is. We're thrashing that ass. That's Uh, what time it is. What was that? What was that, Evan? Game time whoop. Okay. (laughs) Evan, can you just say I am him just for me? No. Okay. Not yet. Can I, let me I'm hear not, you say it. I'm let me not hear you there say yet. All right. He's not just him. Just give us one, no, Evan. Just him. give us just no, give us one. Not no, not on national radio. Not just yet. Uh so uh, you'll get me there. Look, I got I, I everyone I think at this point knows both of our, our backgrounds well enough. I'm from Vegas, but I also covered the Nashville Predators uh, when I worked for the flagship there. So went to the first ever Preds game, lifelong diehard hockey uh, hockey guy. Uh, the Preds did not make the playoffs. The Golden Knights did, and the Golden Knights are sort of my side piece team, I guess, because I'm from Vegas and I root for everything that goes through Vegas. So no, no, I'm it makes, in, makes perfect sense because, uh, yeah. you know, the Bruins are my number one team, but when I live in Nashville, I went to a lot of Preds games, went to the Stanley Cup Finals, so I understand where you're coming from. I can never root against the Preds. I've, I've, I've had too much love in that franchise, uh, but I also will never root against the city of Las Vegas for anything that ever happens. So uh, the Golden Knights make their playoff return. They don't start until tomorrow night, but I am, uh, I'm banking on, let's say, a Bruins-Knights final, and then you Ooh. and I will just take your private jet that you'll charter from Boston to, or maybe we'll just get on one of the team planes from Boston to Vegas, and then we'll go to the games back and forth right like i just figure you know you know somebody what you talking about willis what I'm, you talking about i mean i'm just talking about like there's an espn affiliate in both of those places right like we we hang out in boston we party with with boston and then we compare it to the party scene uh outside of t-mobile in uh in vegas 
we party there, and then we do shows along the way, as hungover as we possibly are for each of them, and we just figure out how it goes. I'm, Sounds good that, to me. That's great. Now, as the resident Ranger fan on the show, I do need to point out, Harry, that the President's Trophy winner has not won, which the Bruins won. That's what you get for having the best record in the regular season. Yes. The team that wins the President's Trophy has not won the Stanley Cup since 2013 when the Blackhawks did. It's been 10 years, and you could say, oh, this team's so much better than all these others. A couple of years ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, tied the record for wins in a season and in the first round of the playoffs got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. I was so, born history, by the river. On your side. Oh, change going to come. What I really need to know is did Sam PK Cook? touch the cup when he made the prediction? Because we all know touching the cup. Change is going to come. It's bad luck. Chris Kenny, uh, Chris Kenny, Kenny and Carlin, they're coming up. They don't touch the cup. Listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.